Hey guys, so welcome to episode 27. In today's episode, I am wanting to share a story that is the entire reason I started the Better Belly podcast. I know that a lot of times on our health journeys, we are looking for answers. We're looking for clues. We're looking for hope even. Has anybody ever gotten through or improved their condition somehow, even when usually the sources that we're already talking to, our doctors or other healthcare professionals, maybe family members are saying, no, you can't get better. And we are relentlessly searching for answers. If you are listening to this podcast now, I imagine that you are looking for answers either for yourself or for someone else. Well, in this story today, I'm sharing one of my own stories, and it's not the first time that I've shared stories of mine on the podcast, um, but it is a story that is very recent. It is the most recent story that I have yet to tell that has happened in my life because this happened to me over the last three months since November up until literally uh, the day I'm recording it. It's two days ago. This story kind of um, summed itself up. And so I am hoping today I'm going to be sharing about my experience with going through a healthcare condition and experiencing healthcare both through the hospital as well as holistic healthcare practitioners. Kind of sharing how the hospital, the pros and cons of things that I experienced that were good, that were bad at the hospital through conventional healthcare providers and the good and the bad of the things that I experienced through alternative healthcare. So this is a story about my pregnancy and my miscarriage. And for those of you, if you're listening, maybe you've never you you never want to have kids or you never had a miscarriage or maybe you're a dude um, and you're like, oh my goodness. What I would encourage you as you're listening to this, don't just take away, um, this is a story on miscarriage. This is a story on having a health problem and trying to find solutions and answers by going through both, talking to both the hospital, conventional care doctors, as well as holistic. And what that means for us moving forward. So I hope this is an insightful episode. And I also hope that as you're listening to these podcasts, you're not just getting information. Oh, here's a supplement I can take, or here's some biology chemistry I can now refer back to, but that you're actually hearing real stories because those are what change people. Biology, our understanding of science changes all the time. And there is an unlimited amount of information out there but I hope that if you get one takeaway from my story, it is that keep looking for answers. Welcome to the Better Belly Podcast, where we find freedom from food restrictions, we increase energy in our lives, and we begin to feel healthy and vibrant again by finding the root cause of our gut health problems. My name is Allison Jordan, marathon runner, functional medicine practitioner, certified craniosacral therapist, gut health nerd, lover of Jesus, and owner of the Better Belly Therapies, a clinic based in Ann Arbor, Michigan that works with both virtual and local clients to help them achieve the best health of their life. I am here to walk with you on your journey to a better belly and a better life. We're going to go beyond popping a probiotic and checking out our poop. In this show, we are going to go deep into gut transformation strategies that last for life. If you're ready to feel your best, get ready to roll. You are in the right place. 
Thank you for listening to the Better Belly Podcast. Just a reminder, this information is not meant to diagnose, manage, or treat disease. Always consult with your own health practitioner before you make changes. Okay, guys, so here's my story. Um, For those of you who've been listening and following on the podcast, you know that back in some episodes in December, I revealed that I was pregnant. I was, you know, when the episodes aired, I would have been around six weeks pregnant. And I know that that's pretty early for some people might wait a whole trimester. But for me, all of my life centers around and I think for all of us, right, all of our life centers around our health. And so Whenever I'm sharing this podcast, I know that one of the things that doesn't happen very often in the real world is people don't hear real health stories. Health is somehow taboo. It's this thing that unless it's perfect or amazing or you just ran a marathon, (laughs) you don't share about. You don't share about the fact that you have incontinence or that you um, have painful sexual intercourse. It's just like, oh, gross. No, what? And I really want this podcast to be a place where people are hearing those stories because those stories are happening every day all the time. It just so happens that I can share my story very readily. And when my health changes, such as becoming pregnant, my whole mindset changes, my whole life changed, my my energy levels changed, my ability to do a certain number of things during the day. And so it's something that I was sharing with you of how pregnancy was going to be impacting 2021. Well, I knew that there is always a possibility and reality of miscarriage. This is the first time I ever tried to get pregnant. And most of my friends in the city that I live in have miscarried. It's just, um, it's a very common thing that happens to women at least once in their life. And so I went for my first doctor's checkup eight weeks in, and on the ultrasound, they found that I had something called a blighted ovum. They actually didn't even find it on the first ultrasound, my first ultrasound. I didn't even have the best ultrasound available to me. I had this like smaller, dinkier one. And they're like, it's kind of unclear what the image is. And I was like, great, that was my one free ultrasound. Like it's the one ultrasound that comes with like most average, I've actually had pretty good healthcare for my state and where I'm at. And it comes with like a set number of ultrasounds with each pregnancy, essentially. Um, And so I didn't get the best ultrasound equipment. And I had to come in two days later. This is the week of Christmas, by the way, guys. So I'm thankful I took some time off and was able to fit it pretty easily into my schedule. But they're like, hey, we don't know what this is. This could be actually a dangerous pregnancy. It's something called an ectopic pregnancy where you get pregnant outside your uterus, like your fallopian tube. Um, There's other options too. And this will kill you like if you don't deal with it because it'll break your fallopian tube, you'll bleed out, you'll get sepsis, you'll die. Like very, very intense. And so they're like, hmm, we want you to come back as soon as possible and see a different physician and get a different ultrasound. So I did that and I came back and I had to pay a copay now. And um, on top of my insurance being billed, And with the second ultrasound, learned that thankfully I did not have this more dangerous pregnancy called an ectopic pregnancy, um, but I had something called a blighted ovum, which means that I didn't have a baby. I have a gestational sac, so I have a sac full of fluid and my uterus is actually thinks it's pregnant. My whole body thinks it's pregnant. Like I was... The ablighted ovum is enough to make your body send all the pregnancy hormones. You get all the nausea, all the fatigue. You build a placenta. You go through the whole process, but there is no baby. Um, And so I just have this, it was so weird and interesting, all the ultrasound to see this empty 
sack. So they said, well, we don't know when this happened. I mean, you what we want to see is that your numbers go down. My hormone numbers for pregnancy start going down and they want to be able to watch my body actually figure out, guess I'm not pregnant because, yeah, we don't want that you know, just hanging around. We want the body to actually miscarry. So I went into Christmas knowing that I didn't have a baby. And I actually remember asking the doctors and saying, you know, so, okay, my body has had this bite of ovum the entire time. It still hasn't figured out that I'm not pregnant. What now? And they said basically, oh, you can take a medication or you can get a DNC. It's a surgery and it cuts off the tissue so that it forces it to all come out. And I was like, oh, you know, you guys know me, like my whole shindig is how can we do everything as naturally for the body as possible? The antibiotics, like everything, it's very harsh, very intense, and it can save your life. I was like, for example, if I had an ectopic pregnancy, there is nothing other than surgery that's going to save your life um, or a very intense uh, medication that's treat used similarly used to treat cancer, right? I'll use that if I have to, to save my life. But what about, is there anything else? And I asked my doctor, they actually got to ask three doctors because I had to go back to the hospital so many times for them to do blood work and check my hormones and do another ultrasound and make sure that blighted ovum sac wasn't growing. Um, I asked every single doctor and I had one nurse midwife that I said, hey, is there anything I can do to naturally encourage this to my body to kind of get a clue? And they're like, no, there's nothing you can do. Good luck, pal. Um, And I felt discouraged and I also didn't trust them initially. So one lesson that I find that is helpful is people are going through a health journey is don't just trust your doctor, even if you have three of them telling you something at face value. So I happen to um, have an acupuncturist that I already was seeing once a month um, for just general health and Uh, She's a dear, dear friend of mine, and she actually specializes in fertility. I didn't start seeing her for fertility, but it's a fun coincidence, and she's a huge wealth of knowledge. And so I sent her a text, and I said, uh, hey, I had a miscarriage, and is there anything that you know that I can do to stimulate anything? And she said, hey, yeah, there's two things you can try, um, black and blue cohosh. So cohosh... Black cohosh I'd heard of with helping women going through postmenopause. It can also help with menstrual cramps and PMS, decreasing those symptoms. But then blue cohosh is guys don't don't just go and take it. <laughs> Definitely talk to a health practitioner before you, especially blue cohosh, before you just take it for any old reason, um, because it's known in, in many ways typically to be used to induce labor. So either at a full term pregnancy to induce labor or at a miscarriage, and so. I started these two supplements. I went and bought some really high quality, easily digestible versions um, that were organic, so not dumping a bunch of toxins into my body um, from the plants being, you know, grown with herbicides or pesticides. Um, And so took that. You're supposed to take it for three days max. Um, Otherwise, yeah, your body just... It whacks your body out, and I did it for three days, and nothing worked. And so um, I also had talked with my acupuncturist, and she's like, hey, there are things we can do with acupuncture to stimulate the body to try and help it get a clue to go into labor. And so um, about, a, I think it was about five days later, um, and all of this being that I'm, it's like, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Um, since seeing my conventional doctors who said there's not a chance that anything else is going to help you 
give labor other than medication or a DNC surgery. I was like, oh, I don't want either of those. And the funny thing is, is even the medication, they said that there is a chance that it wouldn't work. Woohoo. I have a history of medication not working um, for my hormones that doctors give me. So I was like, okay, I really don't trust that. I'm really hoping the acupuncture works. So my friend squeezes me into her schedule. We do a session. She uses some points. If you guys have never tried acupuncture, it's a really, really interesting therapy. So um, typical acupuncturists you talk to, they'll talk about Chinese medicine terms. And so that for our Western brain, it's unfamiliar, maybe sounds kind of voodoo-y or woo-woo. Um, and that can make it hard to engage with. But they'll, you know, if they're more Chinese medicine and in, in the way that they think, they'll talk about meridians and acupuncture points and all this stuff. But on a Western medicine level, they've actually been doing more and more studies. I mean, as our technology has advanced on, as our technology has advanced on how the body actually works, the nervous system, our fascia, our organs, we've found that acupuncture stimulates connective tissue called fascia. If you don't know what fascia is, you definitely want to listen to a couple more of our episodes, especially things like episode one. We'll put some link in the show notes. But fascia, it's connective tissue that is throughout our whole body. It surrounds our organs, nerves pass through it, blood vessels pass through it. It is the connective matrix network of our entire body. So it affects fascia, it affects our blood flow, it affects our nerves, and it affects our immune system. Um, and this is all through stimulation of those areas. Um, so we can affect the brain, we can affect the spinal cord, we can affect something called our hypothalamus pituitary axis, which is um, there's hormones involved, there's adrenal glands involved, um, and it can affect our smooth muscle, which is the muscles of our organs that moves, and it can affect our stress response. And so acupuncture can be incredibly incredibly helpful for lots of different healing processes um, and, and symptoms from low back pain to infertility. So I went in, we got an acupuncture appointment, and um, she kind of said, hey, based off of how long it's been since your miscarriage diagnosis and not miscarrying, I'm going to recommend that you try something more intense if in the next few days you don't start your labor and the completion of your miscarriage. So the points that she put the needles in, they tend to be more tender if it's an area where your nervous system isn't functioning as well. So there's liver points. My liver points are like almost always hot. <laughs> Woo, they go in. And then there she worked on some points that would help my uterus. And that was, those were really, really tender. And so worked on that and Definitely a more, somewhat more painful appointment, but I felt encouraged of, okay, I hope something happens. I actually got a, some contractions later that day, but unfortunately they did not continue. So 24 hours later, I took some medication that I was given to stimulate contractions in my uterus and thankfully they started. I went into labor. And so I had this whole process of working with, you know, what's going to make it work. And here's the thing, even though that medication worked and I went into labor, I am not convinced based off of my my health history that that medication alone would have been enough. I really believe that when you have these conjoint, you know, people talk about with cancer treatments, for example, um, getting both, you know, the 
chemotherapy, but also getting craniosacral therapy or getting acupuncture, um, doing other complementary modalities to help the body heal. One of the most amazing things about alternative medicine is that the whole mindset is that we assist the body to heal itself. Ultimately, you cannot heal the body. And I think that conventional medicine with, you know, how how things happened in history when we figured out um, penicillin and stuff, we got really excited like, oh, we can force the body to heal. We are the body's healer. I can control the destiny of my body. And I think we still feel that way sometimes about, oh, well, if I just control my food enough, or if I just control certain things about my life enough, I'll have a healthy body. And and the fact is, we need more information. Like, why was my body not going into labor? I still don't have an answer from a single doctor. They don't know why bodies go miscarried all. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, think that's a huge gap in in understanding the body. We don't know why they miscarry. Um, we don't know why you can have a partial miscarriage where the baby stops growing, lack of heartbeat, all that, um, blighted ovum, ectopic, all of that. They don't know 100% how to predict it or, or even stop it from happening. Um, they just know, well, sometimes it doesn't happen and sometimes you don't even pass the miscarriage. And so there's so many gaps in conventional care. And I understood that from my doctors. I understood that they probably wouldn't know about blue and black cohosh. Did that potentially help my hormones be prepared for the medication? Yes. Did the acupuncture potentially help my nervous system and my hormones and my body be prepared for that medication to work? Yes. There's also a possibility. I know some women who... um, have taken, I actually, after hearing about Black Cohosh, dove into my network um, and said, hey, anyone heard of Black Cohosh before? And some said, I've either personally taken it or I've had a client take it to support um, a miscarriage completion. And it either, um, they said, you know, for some of their clients, they'd had multiple miscarriages. And when they took the Black Cohosh, their miscarriage was less painful. So who knows that maybe my miscarriage was less painful than it would have otherwise been. I'm, it was plenty painful <laughs> on my mind. Um, but I, I I mean, that's to be expected when you're basically passing. It's very difficult to say that you're going to have any labor at all and it not be painful at all. Um, that's a story for another day, though, guys, because I do know some interesting stories about painless labor, but that is not voodoo or woo-woo, It's but it comes from the country of Africa. That being said, What I experienced in the hospital and what I experienced with my holistic um, approach of herbs and acupuncture, um, you know, exercise, things like that to try and stimulate um, my my uterus to contract, those were all helpful and they were all important. And I'm so glad I didn't just trust my doctors or just say, well, I guess there's nothing else. I mean, I was definitely disappointed when I was like, they really don't have anything else to say. I was also frustrated when I didn't get the best ultrasound the first time you know, kind of like, okay, that was my one free go. And if money were a tight thing for me, and if I wasn't prepared, you guys already know that me and my husband set aside a lot of our money, I'd say, compared to maybe the average person, um, or seems that a lot of people don't put any money aside, we put money aside for things like this. And um, it could have been really frustrating if we didn't. Um, It was around Christmas time, we had spent extra money on things like presents or travel or um, extra food for extra festivities. And yeah, it was it was a people don't spend as much money around uh, Christmas other than on Christmas related stuff because they don't have more money. So um, we had to end up paying $180 worth of co-pays um, between that, 
all of those things. And so it's like, oh, well, insurance covered so much. I'm like, yeah, but I paid $200 where I actually, for between my acupuncture and the herbal supplements, I paid less than that. And so insurance, there's a place for it. There's a place for having insurance and having um, FSAs and HSAs. Uh, if you don't know what those are, you definitely want to check out our episode from earlier in January. I'll link it in the show notes, but we talk all about why we have a hard time paying for our health or or basically investing in our health. And we also talk about things that methods that you can implement to make it easier to intentionally plan to pay and invest in your health. And there, there are things called FSAs and HSAs. They're wonderful. And we talk about that in that episode. They can be, might be available for you through your insurance. So But back to that, you know, I definitely paid less for my acupuncture and the herbal supplements than I did for, you know, all the doctor's appointments. Of course, it would have been much more expensive for the doctor's appointments without insurance, but that is a moot matter and totally other topic. So, you know, I had pros and cons. Did my alternative care 100% do everything I needed? No. Was it moot? Did it completely not affect me? I don't think so. I think it definitely impacted um, my process being complete. And then what happened for me, the end of the story is, is that I go through all this labor on Saturday. I I think I'm done. I'm just like going through Sunday and Monday with some mild cramping, a little bit of bleeding. And Monday night after I finish my work, I go home and I am in the worst pain I've been in in several years. I mean, I am crying on the floor. We actually... Um, my father's a surgeon. Um, and I called him. And I was like, what do you know about pain and like miscarriages? Um, do I need to go to the ER? Um, I, again, I'm, I'm really hesitant to go to the ER. It's just a personal thing of like, they're going to want to immediately pump me full of heavy painkillers and, and try to do intense things like surgery. I'm like, they don't have a lot of options for me. So before my options get taken away, what do you know? And he forwarded me to an OBGYN friend of his, which is not something everyone has, um, which is, again, another really good reason to before you go into to, to just have a full healthcare team available to you. My acupuncture friend, I already knew who I would go to if I had a fertility problem, if I had something related to my pregnancy problem. And there are people like when I work with clients, my clients now know I'm someone they can email. I'm someone that they can, if they just have a question and they're like, hey, my doctor told me XYZ, my gastroenterologist told me XYZ, my whoever it is they're talking to said, this is my only option. Or they said, I have no hope. Or they said, this won't work. Well, Allison, what do you know? Um, And I'm not a doctor. I can't replace their doctor. And we're not diagnosing, but I can say, this is the research I know. This is what I've seen worked for my clients. This is what science is saying works for other modalities for you to try, other supplements, other um, activities that you can try, um, things in your diet you can change. Short term, sometimes doctors say, well, this diet, you're gonna have to live on the rest of your life. And I'm like, that's not always true. Somewhat ridiculous. And so really want you guys to walk away, like have a team, have a team prepared, like be introducing if you're like, wow, I'm already having some health problems or I'm anticipating my health is going to change maybe because of your age or because I don't know if like me, you're trying to get pregnant or maybe you're trying to intensify maybe athletic prowess or try to go from not working out at all to working out. And you just, you just know something's going to change or you're moving. There's so many different factors that we can help anticipate like, wow, I might have 
have some health changes, then get that team around. Start looking for people. Um, Talk to people like me. We have a 30-minute free consultation call where we talk about what are your health goals? Like, what are you trying to achieve? What are you currently experiencing? What have you looked into? And am I the right person to add on to your team to start to really tackle your health and figure those things out? there's really no wrong place to start even. So if you're like, I really like Allison's talked about craniosacral therapy and visceral manipulation, we'll leave a link in the show notes about the IAHE, International Alliance of Healthcare Educators. Um, They have a whole database of craniosacral therapists and visceral manipulation practitioners where you can find someone local to you just by using your zip code. Um, And there's always someone nearby you. If you want to find a new PCP who uh, that's a primary care physician, like your general doctor, if you want to find a new one of those who uh, thinks more holistically, look for a DO, a doctor of osteopathy, or look for someone who says they're a functional medicine practitioner. Um, Look for a naturopathic doctor. Those are things you can Google online and see who's a practitioner nearby or who's a practitioner who works virtually who can work with you. There are so many different things just so that you have somebody in your back pocket when you know I'm going to go oh I'm going to go see my gastroenterologist next month for my regular colonoscopy checkup or any of those things you're like I know who I'm going to talk to when I get my results. Um, I recently had a client come in she is having painful swallowing that's her big thing and there's no crazy diagnosis she doesn't have something like called achalasia or gastroparesis and by crazy I just mean she doesn't have a diagnosis that's like you for sure don't this part of your your esophagus or this part of your stomach doesn't function. But they did some testing and they're like, ah, you know, like it's just not functioning as well. There's some quote unquote narrowing and food's just not passing through. It's just like, what? It just started so randomly, but it also started to write around COVID. And so I was like, well, told her I'd seen multiple clients like her and they'd all improved. And so we had our first session and we're going to be setting up, uh, we set up three more back to back week after week so that she can see improvements in her ability to swallow food without pain, without it coming back up, without it causing nausea. Those are normal things. So her doctors say one thing, as in you can't improve this. They said her case is mild. She's just going to have to live with it. They said you're going to have to eat smaller meals for the rest of your life and just chew a lot and like all these like just really antagonistic things. And she's still having pain even when she follows all of her protocols. Plus they gave her some medicine that made her feel really crappy. So Always, always talk to someone else. There's always more things you can try. And and there's a ratio of of intensity of like, if this doesn't work, how much will it harm me? That's a really good question to ask your doctor. It's a really good question to ask anybody that you work with. Like, hey, if craniosacral therapy session doesn't help me, will it harm me? One of the most amazing things about, for example, craniosacral therapy is that it's potential to harm. It's a very, what we call non-invasive therapy. Chiropractic care is very invasive. So is surgery. That's like one far left side of the field is invasive, like cracking bones, forcing adjustments, cutting. That's all super invasive. And then the you move up the line and massage therapies, you know, less invasive, but it's still like deep tissue. I know lots of people who've been harmed, bruised, had muscle injury from getting too harsh of a massage. And then craniosacral therapy, because of how 
uninvasive it is. Um, that's part of why it's so healing for so many people, but also the likelihood that it's going to harm um, if it doesn't work is much, much lower. So it's like, I don't know, you'll, you'll, you try it, maybe it's like, oh, that was my time and my money didn't work. But that is no different than the fact that I, you know, spent time and money at the hospital getting ultrasounds and they didn't have answers for me right away. I had to get three ultrasounds and three layers of blood work because it just takes more data. It takes more time. It takes more money. And sometimes that's just what health takes. So that is my experience with hospital and conventional care versus holistic health care. Neither one was perfect. Neither one had all the answers. Um, and I also believe that I needed both in this scenario to get my ideal outcome, which for me was I was focused everything on not getting surgery, staying out of the hospital, um, and being able to have a really natural uh, healing process with without stitches, without anything else. Um, and at the same time, that Monday night that happened just two days ago, when that all happened, when that pain happened, I was in enough pain where I said, I was saying to myself, I am willing, I will do a surgery in a split second. If that's A, the only thing that'll work and B, maybe if it'll get me out of my misery or, or not just my misery, but my save me. If there's something really pathological, something bad going on, I, I am willing to do surgery. And so, but we also realized that like, I don't want that to be my first and I don't want that to be my only option. And I think that that's the same for many, many, for, for any of you listening, um, surgery, you might have had to do it in the past. Um, you might still do it in the future. I might still do it in the future. But um, just realizing that you want to come to a point where before you hit that 10 out of 10 pain that I was in, whoo, so intense, I knew that I wanted to have that commitment to against surgery weeks and months in advance so that when it came, when that 10 out of 10 moment came, I knew I had prepared. I had prepared and done everything I possibly could so that I could either avoid surgery, which I successfully did, or so that um, I could at least know, you know, I did everything I possibly could to keep my body as healthy as possible. And hopefully that would help me even heal faster or better after my surgery if I got one. So the number one takeaway from this episode is keep looking. Keep on looking for answers. If your doctor says one thing and you maybe you already have some holistic healthcare practitioners, your acupuncturist, your naturopathic doctor, your chiropractor, your nutritionist, your functional medicine practitioner, your craniosacral therapist, and visceral manipulation practitioners. Gosh, there's a lot of options out there. Um, definitely didn't cover them all. No matter what they say, if, if you're not comfortable with the method that they're suggesting, um, if you feel like you're not getting results once you try it, um, or if you want to just do some research before you dive into something, maybe because of its cost or because of the time it takes or um, just concern of its post potential to harm you, do some research, talk around, talk to friends, find other practitioners, and talk to multiple practitioners even. If you, if you don't like one chiropractor because he seems like a jerk or shifty or um, pompous, maybe he is. Go find another one. So that is it. Keep on looking for your healthcare, guys. Uh, there are answers out there, and there is a 
good and beautiful solution to your health. I totally believe it. I have seen it myself in my own body. I've seen it in my own clients time and again. The only reason I have a job is because people are not getting solutions and then they're finding them other places and then then they walk away super happy. I guess maybe I'll be out of a job eventually, you know? We work ourselves out of a job when people actually get healthy, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode so much. If you loved this episode, we have even more coming down the line. Subscribe so you get all of our upcoming episodes. And if this episode really touched you in a personal spot, I would love if you just reached out to us on our Instagram page. We are at Better Belly Therapies. Just send us a DM. I always check, you know, they always sink into those little hidden messages. I always check those and I would love to hear if there's anything that you would like help with in your health. That is what we exist for is helping people find more resources and more hope for their health. Also, if you listened to this episode and you thought of another person as you were listening, I would encourage you take a screenshot and just open up your phone and text it to that friend right now. Just pause the episode, take that screenshot, think of that person, open up your text unless you're driving. Don't do it if you're driving. I cannot count how many times that I always have people saying, oh, you're a gut health therapist. I know someone who needs to hear you, needs to know about this work. So send that friend you thought of a love note to their gut and share this podcast with them. Other ways that you can support this podcast, if you love the episode, if you've been listening for a while, if you love the work that we have, is to leave a rating and review. It helps us so much when anybody leaves a review and just shares what you've been learning and how much you love this podcast, and it helps other people find the podcast as well. We just love connecting with our listeners. If you want to find us on our Instagram page, again, we will communicate with you. We love talking with you. And in the meantime, remember our one thing we say at the end of every single podcast, which is miracles are immediate. We always want to be healthy as fast as possible, but healing, which is what most of us goes through, healing takes time. Have a great day, guys.